Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to Redmen News. I am Ross Chanley. Joining today... By Bailey Shaw. Bailey, uh, it's been a while. Um, well, it's not. I saw you yesterday, but it's a while since you've been on Redmond News. Uh, so thank you very much for doing this. Um, just a few little bits to get through some Fabinho injury news kind of updates. A little bit on Steve Nicholl, just talking absolute wham, which um, I will I will delve into and enjoy. Uh, some on the supporters returning to stadiums and then I'm going to finish on a, on a, on a, a, a nice note, if I can call it that, with a, a cheeky little interview with Jürgen Klopp and, and Sean Cox um, for your Thursday. Uh, doing it Thursday instead of Friday, just just to keep you on your toes. Uh, Bailey, I'm going to start with the Fabinho stuff. Liverpool received Fabinho boost with hamstring injury not as bad as first feared. Uh, Liverpool had feared Fabinho suffered a grade three hamstring tear, but scans have now shown that Brazilian's issue is not as bad as first thought. Uh, so I think we're kind of looking at kind of three to six weeks. This could be one to two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose it's the best of a bad situation, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. Um, I suppose it's a bad situation being that, you know, we're literally running on youth team centre-backs at the minute. Um, when I was reading the article that you sent me, I didn't realise that they first feared it was a grade three tear, which is six months out, which is, yeah. like, horrendous. You know, you're losing your first-choice centre-back, you've lost your second-choice in and out in Matip, and then your third-choice, um, obviously, excluding Gomez, is then out for six months. That would just be disaster stations, and... I'm really glad to hear that. I mean, I think that means he comes back after the internationals, I think. Or like, likelihood is if it's not as bad as they think. Um, yeah, it's massive. We really, really need Fabinho in that back line. He was excellent um, against Ajax. He was excellent as as the deputy standing there in all the games I've seen him play uh, at centre-back. And when you haven't got, you know, Virgil van Dijk in that defence, you really do need a, a calm head, a calm experienced head like Fabinho in your back line. There's almost pressure to kind of rush him back. And the one with Jürgen Klopp and the rest of the team, of what you just mentioned there, Joe Matthews, you know, we don't know whether he's going to be fit for Saturday. Rhys Williams, like, I'd, I'd, I'd probably tip him to start a centre-back on Saturday. But again, it's a lot of pressure for, you know, it's like a, a youth player to kind of step into that. So, you know, we've got West Ham, you can probably leave him out for. Atalanta, we're in a good place in the Champions League. But then as Manchester City, do you think Klopp and his team have one eye on and getting back for that? See, originally, just before the Allison thing, I would have said no, because I think we do tend to take our time and break people in as and when. You know, we've seen it with Ox, Lalana's had it in the past, Gomez has had it in the past, you know. But when Allison obviously came out with his interview saying, you know, I demanded the doctors to get me fit ASAP, and the doctors were like, sure. <laughs> it's a case of. Why doesn't everyone do that? I know, exactly. Yeah, it's just, yeah. All right, well, we'll do that then from now on. Um, and I think that might be how we're looking at it, especially in the game against City, because Fabinho in the last two times we've played them has been a powerhouse. You know, he scored against City. He's had massive, uh, a massive role to play in both those games, uh, last two games we've played them. And 
I think with our best midfield, Fabinho's definitely in there if we're playing a 4-3-3s. So, so important to sit in the base of that of that um, defensive midfield position. Um, and it, that's how I'm looking at it. You know, even if he doesn't pick him to play centre-half against City, which, you know, if he's fit and Matip's not, it's a Gomez-Fabinho no-brainer. But say if Matip is back for that City game, I would still want Fabinho there at DM because he's so important. But... In case of rushing him back, no, because he's too important to, you know, bring him back in for a game and then lose him again for however many months. But, yeah, it's it's a weird situation now with the with the injuries, because if Alisson can do it, you know, we didn't really know the extent of his shoulder injury. But, you know, if the med if the medical department see that and say, you know, it's not serious as we think, we'll get you in ASAP, then, yeah, well for it. Yeah. Uh, let us know in the comments below who you start at centre-back at the weekend or, or thereafter. Um, Paul has done the starting 11 match build. If you want to go uh, starting 11 if you want to come watch that on the main YouTube and we've also done the match build-up which is also out going feast rise on that uh, sticking with the centre-back stuff um, I joked about it before um, and the page is not loading up um, but basically Steve Nicol has said Liverpool um, Liverpool should recall try and get Dejan Lovren on loan then he went on to joke about um, Sacco not getting many minutes at Crystal Palace then he went on to go and say that Reese Williams isn't even a centre-back um, I'm, not, I'm not sure where to start with any of that, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think we've all kind of joked about having Dejan Lovren back, but I think he was being quite serious. But, you know, yeah, yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool can't can't feasibly go, go and do that. You know, they're in a situation, you know, Lovren doesn't look a bad option now when you, when you look back at it because of, you know, where we're, where we're kind of at. But I'll use a terrible analogy here, Bailey, so please do bear with me. But, you know, if you if you broke up with a girlfriend and you got a new one, then the new one jipped you off, you wouldn't go straight back to the old one, would you? You, you, might. you, you, you <laughs> yeah, I might. <laughs> but you know, you, you move, you move on with your life. When your Liverpool can't yeah. go, go back and can't, you know, you can't Lovren, Sacco, or fucking Skirtle play, still play football. You know, you can't keep listing off ex, ex players that play for Liverpool and hope to get in. Where he's got Reese Williams and even the centre back from, I have no idea. Um, but you know, the manager in Jurgen Klopp has been playing him there, so uh, you know, I trust Jurgen Klopp over Steve Nichol. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what this absolute guff is that Nichol has come out chatting to, and I don't Oof. know. If yeah, I don't know if it's poor like excuse for like comedy. And you know, I think one of them he said the Sacco thing is was obviously a joke, but that's about on a par of saying, you know, let's get Lovren straight back, let's go and let's take the piss out of Reese Williams. He's done very well in his last couple of appearances for Liverpool. It's like, well, what, if he's not said about what is he like shop assistant at Sainsbury's? Like he's that is his position in the team, and he's done very well there. Um, the thing about Lovren is just sort of like whatever. I think if Lovren was still here. You'd have an Adrian situation where, you know, you've got a, a defender who's been plagued with issues in the past and you have that sense of unrest, I think, when he's in the team. By all means, if he was here, he'd be playing because he's a very experienced centre-half. But it's a nothing argument, you know. You can't just let players go and bring them back and, unless they're on a loan system. And we sold Adrian Lovren and I wish him all the best in his career in Russia. But, yeah, the Ruth Williams one's the one that annoyed me the most because, you know, he's a kid who's just coming into the team. Had two appearances in the Champions League, you know, hopefully, probably looking forward to the weekend at home against West Ham, maybe starting that game and getting three points for Liverpool. And to have, you know, a club legend come out and say, you know, where do you even play? It's, it's knocking his confidence for no reason. And it's sort of like when you've got a kid that gets that opportunity, you've got to rally behind him. Um, and I think uh, I'm speaking for most people and I say he's done a very, very, very good job so far. 
Yeah, if Reese Williams needs a confidence boost, just go and look at Steve Nichols' track record of uh, of guff that he's come out with, and it'll be fine. Uh, it's pinched a word from you there, Bailey. Uh, moving on towards that uh, update for supporters on the 2021 season developments uh, as part of the club's ongoing preparations for the potential return of supporters to the stadium in the future. Liverpool would like to provide an update to fans on the current situation. Um, Obviously, things in in the world with COVID have kind of gone through the roof. There were supposed to be fans back in early October. That's kind of been put on hold. Um, but Liverpool, as such, are currently working on a number of new processes and systems which will be introduced in the coming weeks that will enable them to properly be, pre- be prepared to welcome fans back into Anfield as safely and efficiently as possible when government guidelines allow. Um, this is kind of just adding on to a couple of things that have happened in the past couple of days. Bailey, um, Rick Parry sent a scathing um, statement out the other day to, to, you know, the FA and the, and the Premier League to kind of, uh, sorry, the government, sorry, to kind of say, you know, the, the teams are ready. I think it's, the town isn't great because, you know, cases and stuff are, are kind of going up at the minute. Um, there was a situation where I think my, Manchester United said that they're, they're ready to have 23,000 inside their stadium. Liverpool obviously, you know, even though there's been a delay, I've had more time to prepare to make sure that all these things are safe and proper. Um, the timing, if it isn't quite right, but at least there's, there's kind of a glimmer of hope for all those fans that we can be back in stadiums. BT Sport showed, you know, just before the game the other night of Anfield being full on Champions League nights and, you know, I think it all cut us a, a little bit deep, but in, in a in a in a shit world, shall we say, there's a glimmer of hope, isn't there? Yeah, it's absolutely the silver lining sort of in this situation is just that hope stays there, you know, with the government shafting everybody at the minute, especially you guys up north with the tier system, you know, to to still have Liverpool coming out and saying we're still trying, still pushing just to get some people in the stadium. And it's always been to something that baffled me, is that situation, you know, you, you can have lower league clubs in the in the, the football pyramid. That can have you know 150, 300 people in a stadium that has a capacity of about 2,000, but you can't have any fans in a capacity stadium that has 60,000. It's sort of like in a in a stadium that will be well functioned, well out in the open. Even if you let you know 10% of that capacity in your stadium, there's no way that you can't say that you couldn't police that properly, having people in certain ends by certain exits and time and all that. I think it's it's a really easy way that it could be done. And the biggest thing for me is, you know, in this time we were speaking just before the show about how shit it is when you get sent home for a few weeks, if, you, if you've been in the misfortunate event of having to be on isolation for a while, it's just like being able to look at football and say, right, I can go to a football game at the weekend. And that would bring so much joy. And I think it would alleviate so much of the sort of the torrid time we're having right now is by being able to go to the footy. It's so important. And like I say, I've been watching the, the football and it's when you go back and watch Champions League games or any game you see a full stadium it's like that feels ages ago now and it's like you have that longing of just being like I just want to watch a fucking live football game again it's horrible yeah, it's not been helped by the fact that I think this, there were scenes from Legoland earlier this week where you know, there's people outside, you know, which is which is pretty full. And think that exists, why can't you do it? I think no. Norwich City had people in the stadium watching the football game in a corporate room with the with the curtains closed while the football was going on behind them. You just like and you can watch it in the cinema as well. It's, it's just absolutely mental. Um, one last story before we we get onto some of your comments. Um, Jurgen Klopp um did an interview um with with Sean Cox on Today FM. Um, there's a ten minute clip. It's on the Redmen TV Twitter account, and I think there's a link for that they tagged us in it to the, to the full thing on their on their YouTube channel. Um, where he sat down with the Cox family and he said um. The club can find ways. Uh, club can always find a way to aid them as they continue to live with the scars of that night in 2018. 
Klopp said, we at Liverpool all feel responsible for what will happen from now on and we'll try to help as much as we can. And by the way, for Sean and Martina, that's still like this. I hope you know that. Whatever you need and when no authority in this country or your country can help, I think we can always find a way where we can make things maybe easier. We still feel like this. It's a friendship. It's like family. It's like we really have to do these things because we want to do these things. That's the moment when a club has to show real unity because it's not about who's responsible for it. It's about who helps what happened uh, after what happened. Um, just a real nice moment. I think I, I find myself hanging on to everywhere that Jürgen Klopp says anyway. Bailey, but obviously he's been at the club for, for you know over five years now and he's still maintaining that, that togetherness, that community that I think he's, he's kind of touching on there. And it's just... Nice that Sean Cox hasn't hasn't been forgotten about. You know, he still remains in you know people's thoughts. When you know, even when the Premier League trophy was getting lifted, his banner was in the cop and stuff like that. You know, it means a lot to to, to local fans. It's good that you know Jurgen Klopp still has that that in his mind. Yeah, and it's I think he's even more than you know not being forgotten. I think he's been immortalised to be honest by the fans and by Jurgen Klopp and the football club. The way that they've reacted to this situation that was horrible. You know, they put him on a pedestal, said you know we'll never forget your name and. By bringing him up, you know, I, I, I love it when I see Sean Cox out there. And I love the fact that him and his family seem to be incredibly happy at the minute. Obviously, it's a horrible situation that's happened. But to see them smiling and enjoying, you know, just having a conversation with Jürgen, it's amazing. And I think that is it's so important right now, again, because it's the shit environment that we're in at the minute, whether it be the government or the virus or whatever, just to see, you know, these little glimmers of sort of, happiness that are getting put out there and it's just massively um admirable by the football club and by Jürgen Klopp specifically just to be able to you know give those guys something to look forward to and and reassure them that you know when the government's not there for you you know we are you know that, that whole sense of family and communities is echoed through the football club and the city so yeah no it was lovely to watch yeah, it's uh, what you'll never walk alone means, doesn't it? So it's good to. I do urge you to go and watch that actually. I said it's on the Redman Twitter account, and the link to their YouTube full interview is, is up there as well. Uh, another thing I'd urge you to do, it won't be a Redman news channel without plugging something, obviously. Um, so uh, our book, Man Paul's book, is out. Um, we've got limited copies of the special edition. So if you want it signed, some uh, exclusive stickers, uh, and a personal message if you want it, if you want to buy it for yourself, if you want to buy it somewhere for Christmas. I know it's October, I'm really sorry, but uh, honestly, we've got a limited amount. Um, there's loads of the normal copies if you want one of them as well. Um, we just, just send that out on it. It's available to you. Uh, get Tom to put the link in the description and in the comments, which is bit.ly forward slash Redmond Shop Tom, all in lowercase. Um, can I answer some of your comments now? Once I open my phone, uh, on Fabinho, Mitchell B says, uh, good that the time is uh, time out is so short, just a shame it encompasses the city game. Hopefully, it doesn't. Yeah, on centre backs, uh, Adam Fitzgibbon says, I think I'd just throw Hendo in centre back. We have a fair few midfielders who are capable. And Joaquim Barreto says, give Reese a chance. Uh, all we are saying is give Reese a chance. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And the Hendo stuff's interesting as well. But, you know, I think I saw an argument earlier this week, Bailey, that you, you kind of lose in two parts. You know, if you've got Thiago, Genie, Curtis Jones fit, maybe that's that's not a bad midfield. Um, but, you know, yeah. taking Hendo away from being a, being a DM as well, aren't you? Yeah, I wouldn't. If you if you haven't seen the Reds round that we did yesterday, go and watch that. We talked about this situation in depth. Um we had this discussion about, you know, Henderson got pulled off against um, Midgeland early in, you know, preparation in case he needs to play at centre-back against West Ham. But again, like I said earlier, Reese Williams has been very solid. I would think it would massively stunt his growth if you put John Henson in there. And most importantly of all, he's so imperative in that midfield. When, we, when he's not there, we really do lose something. And I've always, I've always an advocate for play your players in their position. 
even though I'm, Steve Nichol doesn't think Reese Williams is a centre-back, he's more of a centre-back than Jordan Anderson is, for sure. Yeah. So, absolutely, yeah. I would play Reese Williams there. It's against West Ham. It's at home. Um, I think it did the, the confidence the world are good, and Henderson is much more useful to us in the midfield. Yeah. Uh, on the fans' return, Adam Fitzgibbon says, Redman, I always think a stadium could be at least a third full, a quarter of each stand, question mark. And uh, 1989, Nicky D says you could have ten to 15,000 at least. Yeah, I think that the clubs should be able to kind of do it themselves and kind of, you know, stagger people going in. You know, Bailey's a three o'clock kickoff. You come in at one o'clock. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to be there two hours earlier. You're not getting in, but you can be one of the first to go. People will know that. Um, yeah. You know, there's temperature checks, all the stuff in protocols in place. Um, I don't know why, but obviously, you know, things are pretty bad right now. And just one final comment on other. Joshua James says, let's talk like Marcus Rashford, the legend, what he's doing for this country. Um, the guy's absolutely doing bits. We've, we've said it on a couple of shows, Bailey, but it's a really nice thing to finish on. Um, bag the hat trick, you know, which <laughs> which obviously didn't please a lot of us. Like, I'm not really bothered about that, but the fact that what he's doing off the pitch is, is just so incredible. The fact that he, that he scored a hat trick, then got straight onto Twitter and started calling out the government and, and, and can continue to do what he was doing. Yeah. After 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 a game, it's it's, it's boss, isn't it? Oh, Marcus Rashford, he's gone from you know. A Man United forward to an absolute hero to a lot of people, especially to me. You know, he's a guy who's younger than me and he's doing fucking miles, miles more sort of forward thinking things than I could ever do. And I think it's the fact that the biggest thing I could use to describe him is the fact that, you know, people say, you know, football's not life and death, but kids going hungry absolutely is. And he's doing the utmost more than I've seen anybody do, more than any politicians, more than anybody else to, you know, really take that that take that torch and carry it for you know millions of hungry children across the uk and it's just the fact that i love that jump straight on twitter afterwards going straight back to you know politician mode and marcus rashford is you know he got his mbe or was it was it an mbe or an obe an mbe i think he um and massively deserved and i just love the fact that it's not he's not doing it for pr he's not doing it for anything other than the fact that he's had that hard upbringing and he wants to make sure he uses his platform to give back to people, you know, he doesn't have any obligation to do that, and I just love that he's, he's been through. It. He's been through it. That's, that, exactly. that's why, yeah. Exactly. And I just love that that is Marcus Rashford now, and it's again. I don't care that he's a Manchester United player. I wish he does well in football, and I wish he does well even more so in his in, in these proceedings that he's doing at the minute. So yeah, hats off to Marcus Rashford. He's a great guy. Maybe he can teach all of us to be nice to each other, Carney, as well. In fact, he scored two goals and was on for a hat trick and gave um, Martial the penalty. Like, you know, just to get the keys on giving, isn't he? Uh, Eric, we'll end it there, Bailey. Thank you very much. Thank That's you to you for listening and for watching. Uh, let us know what you do for the centre back situation at the weekend and, and get your comments on any of the topics that we have discussed today. Uh, we'll be back on Monday for more news. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Ta ra.